I just hit a brick wall. Like I got to, I completed about 90% of the course. So I'd written 90% of the content. Mm-hmm. And then that last 10%, I was procrastinating and I mm. was like, I'll do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow would come, I'll do it tomorrow. And I thought I'm going to need to launch this so that I have to finish that last 10%. There's some kind of psychology behind everybody struggling with the final 10% of a project. It's definitely tougher than starting, I think. So mm-hmm. putting that out there and people exchanging, you know, giving me their money for it, that's forced me to to sit down and get that last 10% completed. Are you having a good week so far? I'm having a great week, yeah. Apart from my internet going down yesterday, but that actually encouraged me to, to go out and get some of that fresh air people are always talking about, so... Yeah, it was great. Good so to get a wee break. Use it, but you didn't use it as a, a chance to to get some work done without being distracted by. I did Facebook. do that. I did do that afterwards. Uh, I got stuck into some work that didn't require being online, and uh, I'm surprised at how many times I go and check Twitter or check my email and stuff while I'm working. Because you really notice that whenever you go to Twitter and you're like, oh yeah, it's, it's not working. And then you go back to your work. It must be every. Every 10, 15 minutes or something like that there, I must do it. Yeah, so it's crazy to to really see that in action. Yeah, you can get apps as well that actually restrict you accessing social media sites, which I've never had. I've never used them, but I think if I did, I'd be really shocked at my usage <laughs> of Twitter and distractions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So something worth trying. What about you? How's your week going? Oh, I've had a great week and especially today because I've just come out of a meeting um, for a photography job for a, a pizza company and they gave me they gave me free pizza. So <laughs> wow. I've had some free pizza today and I don't think life gets any better than that. That seems like perfect client. I know, but in general, um, I've had a really great week because, you know, this has been the, the first week after... Um, I launched my product. So last week, last Tuesday, I launched my email, my photography email course, which we've been mentioning in the past couple of episodes. And Mm -hmm. it's officially been out there and um, it's my first proper product launch, um, at least with something that I've created from scratch myself. And um, it's been a really interesting experience and I thought it would be fantastic if we talked about that because we're both kind of in the same boat because you have a product launch coming up don't you? Well today actually we we uh, just released another um, another kids app called Moontunes it's moontunesapp.com and it's a it's a visual music player for kids on the iPad so you know the way kids have difficulty like young kids would have difficulty with the the default music app trying to navigate in and and find their their songs via you know a, a text based music app it's uh, we made a visual one so the parents can assign colors and shapes to certain songs and it just has the songs that that the kids want in there and uh, so the kids can go through and identify their favorite songs via a specific color or a specific shape and it's all kind of visual and and there's little interactive stuff in there and there's dinosaurs and space things and rockets and all that sort of stuff so um yeah we just uh launched it today it went went live in the app store today so um yeah exciting it is exciting but i'm wondering see the fact that you're targeting you're creating and targeting products for kids Mm -hmm. does that take some of the pressure off it because you know that it's not your fellow peers kind of using what it is you've built and oh but it is i mean uh the the people who buy the actual apps are the parents so the yeah it's an interesting industry to be in because i mean we have to make the apps as appealing to kids as possible and and has to be you know usable um like the kids have to be able to navigate through it and they shouldn't have any problems using it and it has to be really obvious. But at the same time, we have to market it towards the parents because they're the ones who eventually, you know, download it. So the the kind of video previews and stuff and, and the, the website has to be fun looking for for kids, but the, the, it's the parents that actually use that. So they have to kind of identify what it's look, this looks fun for kids, but it also maybe is a bit educational or, uh, has, you know, enough value, the quality is there. Um, and the price is right. And, and so, I mean, the, the parents are the one who, who, uh, they're the one who actually download it. So, um, we have to advertise them first. So like the app description in the app store and stuff has to be directed more like the language we use. We, 
we write the app description with things like, do your kids find it difficult to use the the default music player and, and things like that? So it's it's we're talking to the parents, not the not the kids. So it's always the parents who are writing the reviews and um, that sort of stuff. So yeah, we're it's definitely uh, it's definitely just the the same as you know other apps and stuff that that we've made. It's it's grown ups uh, actually are the ones who who are you know giving their opinion about it. How long has Minjun's been in the making? Like, has this been months and months? <laughs> it's been a long time in the making, but um, it was kind of a project that we started uh, a long time ago, I think over a year ago. And we, wow. we, but that, that doesn't mean we worked on it for a year. We started on it a long time ago. It was just, in a, we, we have like a bunch of different ideas and we've, we've tried out and prototyped some different ideas. Uh, it was one that we, we tried out and had some stuff work in and then it kind of, uh, you know the way that's something also we should talk about where you get the you know the enthusiasm at the start of a project and you're all really excited and you and you get stuck into it but then you know if you don't kind of get something uh, solid and working uh, and built fast enough then you your attention gets drawn to to other things and then you know things get put in the back burner and then you know weeks oh, go yeah. by and then months go by and so we didn't work on it for a long time um, but then when I go back from holiday, um, uh, a month or two ago, we, we decided to dedicate a lot of time to, to our own apps again and start finishing off the ones we had started and, um, and also working on some new ones. So we really put the, put the foot down when it came to actually delivering something and, and shipping something. So we worked, um, we worked for a few weeks, I think the last few weeks on it to really finish it up and put it out there. But, well, congratulations. Um, well, thank you. And see, like a typical um, product launch, people say that you kind of see a spike in sales the first couple of days and then it tails off. Is it? Is it mm-hmm. the same with iPad and iPhone apps? Uh, I mean, that, yeah, that's generally what happens. I mean, you get a lot of buzz around around the first um, the first couple of days, um, which is great whenever it's something new and people are talking about it. And you get kind of little spikes whenever you have a significant update and stuff. But if you're lucky, you get a it kind of plateaus and, and you get a, a regular kind of, you know, regular income from, uh, and a good number of downloads kind of day to day, because it's things like, um, like, like the kids apps and stuff we make. I mean, we, we're always, we get downloads every day and it's, it's, um, it's kind of because we built, a, a kind of little family of apps as well. And we have a few that are all kind of related and share the same assets and stuff. And we also have the collections and stuff. So once you buy it, you can buy all of our apps at once. Um, but we, there's always, um, there's always, uh, people looking around on the, uh, on the app store for, for kids games and stuff. And it's, um, I think it's a different sort of, uh, section of the app store, than everything else like the charts matter a lot in the in you know the regular games and and all the other the utilities apps and all that sort of stuff i mean the charts matter a lot and a lot of apps can totally disappear whenever the like after the first few days if they're not you know uh getting significant coverage but uh for the kids apps i mean the kids apps and the uh kids apps section on the app store is really is really great and they promote a lot of apps and they make like a collection of you know dinosaur apps and then one of our apps might be included in there or they make like a and they feature all the outer space apps and things so i mean our 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 apps are constantly you know being included in things and they're always kind of um they're always sitting there and they're always getting uh downloads every day so um yeah it's great I'm just on your um, WeTaps Twitter right now and I see that you tweeted on the 27th of March that you submitted your latest app to the mm-hmm. App Store. So was that Moontunes? That was. And so it that takes quite a few weeks. Didn't for I say in that tweet, stay tuned or something? Yeah, yeah. See, I'm just as uh, cryptic, you know, with our hidden messages like Apple does when it releases uh, its uh, invites and stuff. There are always kind of hidden messages in there about what's Oh What's gosh, be of nice? course. <laughs> it went way over my head. <laughs> yeah, no. That's great then. So, um, but yeah, yeah, that was us submitting it uh, at the end of March. So it, yeah, it takes like a couple of weeks sometimes uh, before you get approved. So yeah, so it went live today. So um, yeah, maybe so I can talk next feeling? week about, uh, yeah, it feels good. It feels good to actually ship something and um, get something out there, which is a really important part of uh 
a part of the whole thing is the the feeling you get when you actually put something out there and you you see people using it and and people liking it and the it, it just feels nice to add another app into your portfolio and just have see that list grow and grow and i remember when we we launched our first app um you know it seemed really lonely out there but i mean once you start making um making more and more and it it gets easier to to add them to the to the kind of family under your your brand that you have so um yeah it feels great but yeah maybe next week um i can kind of talk about where i'm at because you're you're obviously a week ahead of me now and you've been um you launched your camera course uh last tuesday i believe so you're how are you feeling after after a week of launching oh it was it was interesting um because the first day i launched i certainly didn't feel excited i felt apprehensive i felt very vulnerable i really feel like for the first time this is me putting myself out there and I don't know why that is because you know I have businesses I've put projects out there but this is the first time I've created something from scratch and charged money for it and you know kind of promised to educate people in a a certain field maybe that's the thing I've never stepped into kind of the educational sector before so maybe that's why I felt so scared basically Mm -hmm. but yeah the first week for me has been really great I'm I'm really happy with um the the feedback and I've had enough validation I've had um I've made 1500 pounds in the first week I know I'm really chuffed with that and so I I, yeah it's been worthwhile it's um I've went shifted from feeling vulnerable to feeling really excited about about getting people excited about photography and about changing their habits with Mm -hmm. photography and I mean if I'm honest you know, the whole reason that I launched this was because I had such a slow start to the year and, um, you know, like I had a really slow few months with insurance, things were quiet there, people don't really buy insurance around about Christmas time for whatever reason. And then I had a workshop that I'd considered guaranteed income that was cancelled because ticket sales were slow. So it was a really scary time and I needed to get something out there and start, you know, kind of making money mm-hmm. faster but it was still a big gamble because um, because I didn't follow the kind of proven formula for a successful product launch, which is basically, like, I don't know if you've ever read any of Nathan Barry's stuff. Mm, I don't think so. Um, well, he launches so many products and he has such successful product launches too. Like he makes, you know, 24 grand and 24 hours type of thing. Mm-hmm. Crazy money. And he knows what he's doing. But the whole premise is that you build an audience and you do that through email marketing like surely you've noticed that everybody's talking about how powerful email marketing Mm. is for well email is for marketing these days and building an audience through that so that by the time it does come to you launching a product you have people who know who you are and trust what you have to say and have respect for you and know that you you can put your money where your mouth is type of thing. So I didn't quite have that. This whole thing has been one big experiment. And, um, but to me that 1500 pounds in the first week is a successful experiment and it is validated. Sorry, go on ahead. No, I was just going to say it's validated my idea. So if I ever do come to, well, now I think I will be doing more of this stuff now that I see that people do, do want it. They're willing to part with their money for it. And, and I mean, you're, this is in, the the first week and your the actual email course hadn't started yet right so you're you're doing it in may isn't that right yeah so there's still another two weeks to go but i have seen that spike in sales the first three days for mm-hmm. me it was three days things were very active and now it's kind of um tailed off and kind of trickled the sales are just trickling in now but yeah mm-hmm. still another two weeks to to promote it do you think that was too long a period to leave it between launching my landing page and launching my product um i don't know i mean it's kind of uh, yeah, we can talk about kind of the, the pre-announcing to build buzz, but I, I was going to just say that from a positivity point of view, I mean, that's fantastic that, that you haven't actually given anybody anything, but people are, are willing to, based on your landing page and your reputation and the, the excitement of, you know, people are wanting to actually, actually sign up for this. I mean, before you've actually given them anything back. So they're willing to part with their money even before, they get something like they're they're paying for something now that's going to happen in in a month's time so i think that's that's really positive 
Well, do you know what though? I actually had to launch when I did because I just hit a brick wall. Like I got to, I completed about 90% of the course. So I'd written 90% of the content. Mm -hmm. And then that last 10%, I was procrastinating and I was Mm. like, I'll do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow would come, I'll do it tomorrow. And I thought I'm going to need to launch this so that I have to finish that last 10%. There's some kind of psychology behind everybody's struggling with the final 10% of a project. It's definitely tougher than starting, I think. So Mm -hmm. putting that out there and people exchanging, you know, giving me their money for it, that's forced me to to sit down and get that last 10% completed. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about um, like pre-announcing and you mentioned about you announced it last week, but the actual the actual course doesn't start until May. So that's that's quite a bit of um, of time in between. And if you were, I think there's some value in kind of pre-announcing stuff uh, to you know build buzz around it. But I don't think you should wait too long between actually announcing something and then launching something. Like it can be really like sometimes people announce what they're working on because they're you know so excited about working on it and they they don't uh, they they can't help themselves by putting things up on drill, dribble or teasing things but that can be quite yeah dangerous because like i mentioned like you have a lot of enthusiasm at the start and you want to share everything and talk about what you're working on but then you know other things crop up and you stop working on it and then you know it doesn't actually materialize into something uh and then yeah then you kind of there's a danger of becoming known for, uh, you know, announcing stuff and then not following through with things. Uh, and I've, I've worked on stuff before and, and announced stuff, uh, in the past and then it doesn't really materialize into anything. And it just feels really, you feel really bad when people ask you about it. So I think I, I wouldn't pre-announce something now without it being really almost complete or I've, you know, shipped it to the app store or it's really, ready ready to almost go and i'm sure okay i'm actually gonna this is actually gonna uh gonna go live but uh i think the the kind of timing of announcing something the time between announcing something and it actually being available i, I would have done a shorter time i guess for like when your email course starts because it's like a month in between i guess some people will kind of uh, whenever that email, the first email comes in, they'll maybe kind of have forgotten, oh yeah, I, I signed up for that photography course. But I mean, that's maybe not such a bad thing either, but maybe I would have uh, taken it down a bit uh, into a couple of weeks so that people still have it fresh in their mind that they that they signed up for it, you know? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think I would do that differently next time. It's but, okay to get it wrong the first time. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's not, it's not really, that's not really getting it wrong I think because you're still you know following through with it and you have the thing completed and it's not like you announced this thing and then it, you know it's something that will never happen you know this is definitely going to happen so I think that's fine there's also if, you, if you're thinking about okay you've put in all this hard work now and you're ready to hit the launch button sometimes it's it gives you better uh, publicity if you if you just announce something and it's available straight away like if you put an app into the app store like we didn't pre-announce that we're anything about the app that we're um that we worked on we i mean we just announced that we we sent a new app off to the app store but we wanted to just put it out there and have it be readily available to download from day one so whenever we announced it so that's why we only announced it today when it went live in the app store so i think there's advantages to to both as well well, do you think it depends what you're launching? Like an, an app, um, downloading an app on the iPhone is really different to signing up for an educational course. Yeah. Do you think it depends on what you're, what type of product you're launching? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if we were to announce uh, that we're, oh yeah, we, we've worked on this new app, Moonchins, we're going to ship it to the store soon. Um, and then like a week or two went by uh, and then maybe we submitted it and it got rejected for some reason or something else went wrong or another project came up and then it kind of gets longer and longer of when you actually launch a thing. I think that's a dangerous situation to be in where uh, then people will have definitely forgotten about what you said and whenever you actually announce it and launch it, then the the buzz is kind of gone and people aren't really interested anymore or you've, you know, shared the designs of what you're working on and somebody else has copied and built it in the time that you were uh, before you'd even launched yours. I mean, so I think when it comes to apps and stuff, 
I think the shorter the time between announcement and when it's um, actually available, I think the better. But I mean, it, that's not to say that that um, for other types of uh, like products, like like your products on email course, I mean, that makes sense. The email course is going to be, a, it's not going to be a thing you can sign up anytime and get all the emails or maybe that's something you know you you've got the uh, plan for down the line but uh it makes sense for you to collect emails or get people to sign up um in advance of it and then it starts and everybody gets the same thing at the same time so i think it makes sense there to definitely have some some time in between announcing and uh, when it actually goes live yeah yeah i think so um, but would you tell me a bit about what your launch strategy is? Because, like, where do the parents hang out? How do you know where to to target these parents? The industry, the 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 part of the app store, so kids apps, is is quite a unique one, and it's one where a lot of people are are opting for the free apps in the app store, and they get way more downloads, and it's kind of difficult to to get a paid app out there successfully it's really hard if you if you have a have a paid app like up front it's quite a big barrier for people to spend as silly as it sounds you know 99 cents on a on an app but in the in the kids section of the app store uh, parents are a lot more likely to download um paid apps in there because well i mean the the quality they want a higher quality app for their kids uh, so they're willing to pay for it there's a lot of free apps in there that you know contain ads and and in-app purchases and all that sort of stuff and parents are much much more willing to to just buy an app uh for uh, you know one or two dollars and then that's that's it they know their kid is safe with that app so there's actually quite a lot of restrictions now in the app store when you when you make a kid's app and and you can't put you know, links to the app store and things like that in your app without having a, a kind of gate that, that the parents have to, you know, unlock to get to get into that section of the app and stuff. So it's quite a it's quite a unique place to be in in the in the app store. But it's nice to have a bit of a, a niche uh, market in there. So it's kind of different from the rest of the app store. But we so we've launched quite a few apps already to the app store. So we've got a we've got a, a kind of plan that we do like a marketing plan and and you know a launch strategy uh for our apps now whenever we come up with a new one so we've if we want to get um maybe that's good yeah to talk about kind of marketing and and how you promote an app so we have over the years now built up a a relationship with a lot of a lot of parents go to blogs like parent blogs and and um you know top ipad apps for kids blogs and things like that there so they go to get because they are interested in quality and and the best apps for their kids then they go on there to kind of research what um what are the recommended apps for um for kids so we we've built up a relationship of uh with with the people who run kind of parents blogs and we we've got in touch with them in the past and given them advanced copies of the apps that we're working on so they can test it out and give us feedback and um, uh, they can then write a review whenever the the app actually goes live so they're I think building up relationships with the with the press is a really important part of um, uh, you know a launch strategy so you want to get in touch with them you know like one or two weeks before the the launch date so you have to really think about um having a a kind of solid launch date for for your app and then get in touch with them in good time and if it's something like you're making a product that the the people who review it they would actually use and and uh, it's good to kind of get them on board and let them test it out and beta test it before um before it actually goes live and then they're more willing to to write about something if they've actually been using it um beforehand but um it's great to start relationships with um with journalists and press contacts and i mean you can start that you know over email uh or over twitter or even better if you meet them at conferences and you find out who you find out where your audience are reading like reviews of products and and that for us that's uh parent blogs and education websites and uh we have a a list now we've built up of of reliable contacts that we contact in advance to um 
to let them try out the apps and then eventually, you know, hopefully they write a review about it and that, that all uh, gains you the needed publicity to, to keep your, your sales going. When you're, when you're actually contacting journalists and when you're contacting somebody who's, who's, who you want to, to feature your app and write about it, I'd recommend keeping your email super short, you know, say, say what your app does in one line and why they should care about it. And, you know, a link to find out more. Uh, and I wouldn't, you know, waffle on and send loads of information as that that's how emails get ignored. Uh, and don't be pushy either and like pester them, you know, hey, did you get my email? Stuff like that. I mean, that just annoys people. So, so no follow-up emails. Well, it depends how, if you really, you can tell whenever, if your emails are being completely ignored. I mean, I wouldn't, uh, I would concentrate more on making a great product that people would want to review and just send a, you know, don't send press releases out blindly. I would send, you know, short personal emails, you know, make sure I put their name in it and uh, just kind of give a brief summary. Hey, we've got this new app. We think it's really cool because of this reason. Uh, and we're going to be planning on launching it in a couple of months. We were wondering if you'd like to test it out beforehand, you know, that and that that sort of thing, just kind of short and sharp and, and say why why they would be, why would they be interested in reviewing this and um and then keep up the conversation with them and and it's definitely all about who you know uh, whenever you're wanting to get things reviewed and if you know somebody at a certain publication or on a certain website i mean it's it's great to have that personal contact there and be able to give them a heads up whenever you're working on something new and it's all about building relationships and um i mean you have to start somewhere and you have to it helps your case a lot more if you're making really good products and, and have good quality. If you have a good quality website and good information and, and it's actually an appealing app or product or whatever it is that, that answers a need and has a, has an angle. I mean, that's why, that's why people write about things. And if it has a, if it has a story behind it or um, has a certain angle that, that people will find interest. And in, I mean, that's, that's people are more often, uh, going to write about it then yeah i think relationships in general um even beyond the press because i've i had a terrible strategy for my my launch and i did what people say you shouldn't do <laughs> and i basically just threw a tweet out into the ether and mm -hmm. crossed my fingers but for, uh, for the past several years you know i've been really active on twitter and i've been speaking to people and i've been meeting them at conferences and i was so lucky that so many people retweeted and responded to that tweet and got my you know got the name out got my course out into a bigger network than I could ever have done mm -hmm. so I would say it is it's about relationships beyond the press as well definitely um yeah getting your your friends to pimp your stuff for you <laughs> yeah as well. absolutely I mean Twitter's a, a huge way of getting stuff out there but I mean it would be like you could have uh if you knew that 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 your launch day was coming up, I mean, you could have given the heads up to some photography websites or or other publications that are going to be or some magazines that cover that sort of uh, that sort of stuff. I mean, you could have given them a heads up and said, "I'm going to announce this this course in um, in a couple of weeks' time. Maybe it's something of interest to your readers, or maybe we can work out some sort of deal where you get a like I see in your in your course you get like along with the course you get like 30 percent off um exposure so i mean that sort of stuff like getting in touch in advance with people then you know you could have a mutual something uh to go along with your uh, with your course i mean that that's that's the sort of thing that that will benefit both people if they write about your thing and you're sort of you know giving stuff away yeah, I would definitely do that next time. There are so many things I would do differently. I actually think that I was so paralyzed with fear for this product launch that I um that I intentionally didn't do a lot of things I knew would work because mm -hmm. I was scared that it would kind of grow arms and legs and I wouldn't be able to handle it. Whereas this kind of small, modest product launch than the lunch. Mm, lunch <laughs> launch and the numbers are small and i know i can handle this and right. i know that it's the validation i needed and i can do this course on me and get a feel get feedback feedback from people get a feel for what it's like mm -hmm. and then build on it from there and do it even better next time mm -hmm. but yeah my my um 
my product, my um, launch strategy was absolutely terrible. It was that tweet. Um, and then it was funny because I put that out there and I've got four and a half thousand followers, but that isn't the equivalent of four and a half thousand people hanging off my every word. That <laughs> yeah. isn't four and a half thousand photographers lining up to buy whatever I'm selling. Um, you know, a small fraction of those followers are online and an even smaller percentage of those will click on the link and an even tinier amount will buy the product. So mm -hmm. you really don't, using Twitter to launch a product is just stupid. Um, don't do what I did. And I put it out there and like the first couple of hours passed and I was like, oh my goodness, this is terrible. I, you know, I've sold two that's terrible. And that's when I realized the importance of actually having a plan and building an audience mm -hmm. and um, having a strategy. And it wasn't until you, thank you very much, Paddy, put my, um, my, a link to the course on product hunt. Mm -hmm. And then things just blew up. And between that and Flipboard, somebody had added it to Flip, a photography magazine on Flipboard. Between that and Flipboard, I had 8,000 hits in, in two days. Wow. So, yeah, it was kind of because of other people that I was able to. And that's when sales really started picking up. So, mm -hmm. um, so many things I do differently. But, yeah, definitely have an actual plan. Don't do what I did. <laughs> well, I think what you... What you mentioned there about putting it out on Twitter, I think uh, another important point is to have a, a lift pitch for your app. So if you don't know what a lift pitch is, it's like if you get into a lift and there's like an investor got in with you, uh, you have the time it takes for the lift to get from the bottom of the building to the top of the building to pitch your idea to um, to this person to to get funding. So what you need to do is is boil your idea down to the very basics you know what's unique about it and why should people care about this so this is it's super handy to have this when you're explaining to to press people about it or future customers or you know uh, potential investors if you can say in kind of one snappy line what your product does then that makes a real difference and it's something not a lot of people do actually and when you meet people at, at conferences or other events and you're like yeah so what do you do and they they kind of half explain it and they kind of waffle a bit and say it's you know we're building this thing and it sort of does this and sort of does that I mean nobody's going to remember that sort of thing but if you're really clear and concise um uh then and have a you know a simple a simplified idea that you can really just get across in one tweet uh, that's really beneficial and you become it's something to do you know, while you're in development and then you're able to, to pitch your, your idea to people anytime, whenever, because you never know when you're going to be talking to somebody who may be a potential customer. So, I mean, your tagline on the, on the website is super, super clear and, and really identifies, uh, with a certain, uh, type of consumer for this. I mean, uh, your tagline on there is for the beginner photographer who wants to pick up their camera more. So it's really targeting the people who they've bought a fancy camera, but they're, they're not actually sure how to use most of the, the functions on there. They've kind of messed about with it a bit and they've, they've left it sitting there and haven't really got into it more. But I mean, your really snappy tagline, um, just really says what it is. And it's, it's appealing to a certain type of person who, who wants to pick up their camera more. So I think that's great that you've got that, that tagline written down there. Yeah, but do you know what I would also do differently next time, kind of relating to that, I would actually hire a copywriter mm -hmm. because obviously your landing page for something like an email course, maybe not so much an iPad app, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but your landing page is what's going to sell people on it. Mm -hmm. And um, the copy is incredibly important. And that's the first thing I would do when I come to relaunch this or maybe do another product is hire a copywriter mm -hmm. um, and create a proper landing page around that content. Whereas I just bought a theme and kind of crammed content into it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, that copy that's got to communicate your audience, it's got to communicate the um, pain point, it's got to communicate your solution and words are really hard. Mm -hmm. That's why we have professionals and that's, yeah, I would definitely do that next time, hire a copywriter. I think having a, having a great landing page and having somewhere that you can direct people about it, uh, direct people to whenever you're talking about it, I think is, is super important. And yeah, if you can hire a professional copywriter for that, that that's great. Or a professional designer to make up your, your website. But the, I think showcasing your product is a, there's a real art to it. And I, I actually really like your, your landing page. I mean, the photography on there is, is great. And it's just really 
it's really clean and simple. And the, like I said, the, the tagline is really great. Um, you have kind of snappy one-liners. The, the pricing structure is really, uh, like the whole structure of what it is, is really, it's framed in a nice little box, eight emails, one month, 39 quid plus, plus fat. I mean, that's really, and there's a button to buy now. I mean, that that's really quite simple. There's not a lot of waffle on there. I mean, it's all about photography. So you let the, you let the photos do the talking and it's kind of, um, yeah, it, you're, putting less barriers in front of people before they they'll actually go and buy something. So I, I like the simplicity of your, of your page on there. And there's a bit more detail on down the page of, of what's going on. But I think the initial impression is, uh, is great. Mm, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of happy for it. Like for, for, you don't want to add as m- many barriers as possible when you're launching a product. You want to get it to market really quickly. Otherwise, you can just procrastinate. So, you know, I, I didn't want to go hire a designer to do a landing page and then go hire a copywriter. But I feel like now that I've validated the idea, it's worth um, it's worth working on those those words. It's worth kind of tightening things up a, a bit. But do you know what else I did that was really wrong? <laughs> I launched I launched right after the holiday. Right. So it was Easter and everybody in the UK at least, and I'm pretty sure most other places had um, Friday off work and Monday. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going to launch on Monday, but the internet was dead. So I waited until the next day, Tuesday. But even then it was people's first day back at work and I still felt like the um, Twitterverse and stuff was very quiet. So that's just something to be aware of when you're coming to launch a product is don't do don't do it around a holiday mm-hmm. I wish I'd waited I don't know if it would have made much difference if I'd waited until the week after but yeah things were were a bit quieter online when I launched so something to just be aware of because it wasn't something that I was aware of yeah I would definitely pick so if we talk about the actual launch day I would definitely pick pick a day and a time when your potential audience are going to be online I mean don't launch at three o'clock in the morning do do your research as to, you know, the best times of, uh, when actually launching something. I mean, you don't want to launch when people are driving home from work. So uh, it depends when you're, uh, what your product is, but um, do a little research into the behaviors of your, of your potential customers and pick a day that, yeah, isn't on a holiday or when people are at the weekend when people aren't on, on Twitter or things like that. So uh, I would pick a, be sensible about what day you're going to pick. And then I would also clear your schedule for that day. So you don't want to be, you don't want to have a million other things on going on uh, the same day that you actually launch something, even if it is something on the side or something small, you don't want to try and be following the conversation on Twitter under the desk while you're at a meeting, you know, take the time to dedicate to your launch. Uh, It's a big deal, even if it is a small project, but that way you can deal with, um, any issues that crop up and you can keep an eye on how people are uh, are uh, taking it or if someone gets in touch with you and they want to review it or feature it and uh, then you can reply quickly to them and just keep on top of just see how people are using it uh, using your product uh, in the first few hours which are really important so i would uh, yeah clear your schedule if possible and then think about um yeah think about when you're going to launch it and make sure your your customers are available and online so that you can um, get better results. It seems like all of the advice today boils down to actually putting in the time to think about things and plan things beforehand, Mm -hmm. like putting in the work of building relationships and putting in the work and planning and when you're going to launch based on the kind of optimum time people are online and and whatnot. Um, So... uh, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of things I would I would do differently next time, but um, I just still want to encourage people that if you do have, if you are building a product, don't like I said, don't put too many barriers between you and launching. Sometimes it's okay to just throw it out into the ether and keep your fingers crossed, like I did. It's kind of paid off for me. <laughs> well, another thing it would be yeah, thinking about how you're going to announce it. So. It's obvious, you know, Facebook and Twitter are, are the places where a lot of people are. Uh, I've definitely seen a lot of products launch on Instagram. I've seen a lot more uh, people announcing things on um, on Instagram. Did you did you announce it on Instagram or put something up about it on Instagram? 
Yeah, I did. And because I, I have loads of Instagram followers because they made me a suggested user once. But ah. it's really low engagement because it's people who just signed up for Instagram and were told, hey, you should follow Ashley and right. Miley Cyrus. Why not? <laughs> and um, so I feel like it's people who don't necessarily care what it is that I have to say or care about my photos. They just follow me for the sake of it. So I find with Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, the engagement rate is quite low for me anyway. Mm. But Product Hunt is definitely is definitely one to check out and uh, seem to have great results on there. And the the people who are who are actually on there are much more engaged and and uh, actually check out all of the stuff that's that's been put on there. So that seemed to have really good results. Um, right, Paddy, mm-hmm. people are obsessed. People are obsessed with Product Hunt. Do you know how many emails I've had from people who are entrepreneurs? That's what they introduce themselves as. Who want to know specific numbers and conversion rates from Product Hunt? Oh, really? Like, yeah. So many, and I'm, I don't have the time to sit and reply to these people and give them a, bro, a like break down the analysis. But people are obsessed with Product Hunt, yeah. and they, um, yeah, they, they wanted to know all about how it's fared for me. What was the conversion rate? What was the traffic like, and all of this stuff. So that Product Hunt's huge right now. Yeah, and I, I'm really grateful that you um, put me on there thank you no worries email marketing is a is another big thing so it's much it's much easier to sell to people who are already converted into your way of thinking they're already customers so if you have a uh if you're already like we have an email newsletter with the with the we taps uh stuff that that you know parents who have bought our previous apps and things have signed up for it and we we would send them an email um you know kind of just before we announce a new app or, or with other news and send them things to keep them interested. Um, but these are people who have already bought our previous app. So they're, or they're usually people who have already, um, had some interactions with us or, or have uh, bought things before and, and wanted to sign up for the email newsletter. So they're much more likely to buy our next app. So it's definitely, uh, it's definitely worth having a, a group of people, um, like you're already like you're already going to have this uh, all the people who have signed up so far i mean for the next round of this email course you're already going to have this collection of people who signed up the first time and who would probably sign up for the for the second one again so you you get to um you get to make use of that that group of people yeah and that's something that i'm going to focus on um like i said i launched and within two hours i had two sales and i was very scared i was like okay that's it. all of this work for nothing um so i've this this whole thing has taught me the importance of actually building an audience and now i am going to make a commitment to building a, a kind of mailing list through girl with a camera you know like sign up to get 14 sort of bite-sized photography tips over mm-hmm. 14 days type of thing um so that's really important but I, I will say that even though I hadn't um built an audience I, it's still worth saying that you know I've had my blog for four years so I've been updating that for four years and people do pay attention to it and you know I've, I've been um my Facebook page, I've been adding to that regularly. I have a girl with a camera Facebook page for three years. So even though I haven't built a very engaged audience, there's still been a lot of work put into that. You know, I've still put all of that time into learning photography and sharing my photos and people have paid attention that way. So you can't just kind of pop up out of nowhere and decide to 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 launch a product mm-hmm. to nobody do you, do you know what i'm saying yeah like, i mean it's it's just make it easier on yourself i mean if you've already got so many people interested in what you're talking about uh, i mean they're going to be so much easier to uh to convert or to to sell to for your your next product idea so you might as well take advantage of that and and have an email group and have a, a you know create a newsletter so you can contact those people really easily whereas if you just start from zero every time and just put your new products out there. I mean, it's, it's less likely that you're going to, um, or you're not going to be able to build upon it each time, uh, really easily. But I mean, if you, if you have a growing list of, of followers of, of people who are interested in your products, it's really going to be a lot easier to sell to those guys. And they're going to be evangelists for your products and going to be talking about it. And that's, that's also how you're, how your email course right now was more successful when other people were talking about it. So a review by someone else who's not the creator has a lot more weight to it than, than if you're putting your own products out there. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Make it easier on yourself. Mm -hmm. So do you have any other tips? uh, Making it easier for yourself is one thing, but you have to make it 
uh, of you have to make it very easy on the people who are going to uh, review your product. So, like I mentioned, create relationships with uh, with people in the press and and give them notice of when you're when you're coming up with a, a new product. But I would create a press kit with more information and nice high quality images, which is really easy to to download. Or people who want to cover your thing, they don't have to go searching for information about who built it or where it's available and and all that sort of stuff. Um, just make a really easy findable press kit and, and they can download all their images and uh, just remove as many barriers as possible. Uh, Dan Council from RealMac has a great guide on on creating press kits. I'll put it in the in the show notes. Um, he's got great articles on um, launching apps in general. Wait, so, wait, who does he work for? For RealMac? Yeah, I know his name because I think <laughs> I bought their software so I've seen his name in my email before. Mm-hmm. But he's got uh, great... Uh, He's got great articles up uh, on his website, and he's also releasing a an ebook, I, I believe, maybe a real life uh, uh, book as well. It's called the App Launch Playbook. Um, so it's up there on his website. I'll stick a note into that as well, and uh, it might be a real life book as well as uh, an ebook. So, but yeah, that's definitely if you're into apps, that's something to check out. But he talks about uh, press kits and stuff as well, and um, so it, it also. I think you have to make it easier on the people who are going to buy your product. So make it as easy for them to to actually download it or sign up for it or pay for it. And the more barriers you put up, the harder it is you make it for, to you know for people to add it to their shopping cart or actually get through and pay for something. I mean, the more barriers you put up, the more likely the people on that are who are on the fence about buying will just say, "Nah, never, never mind." So uh, I think like what you have on your website, you have it really simply put out eight emails one month and the price and you can just go and buy it i mean that's uh you're explaining it um really well and making it super easy for people to just click and buy it and get uh get involved so um just make it as easy on everybody make it easy on yourself by by planning in advance and and having a a group of of people you can uh a group of followers that you can already sell to make it easier on the people who are going to review it by having really easy having all the information about the app if they're writing an article about it or whatever your product is um if they're writing an article about it they can go and get the information really easy and just you know copy paste it or get the images in there and uh, make it really easy on the people who are going to actually buy your um buy your product so don't offer 10 versions of a product to confuse people yeah like uh i mean it's uh it depends what your product is i mean your product might be something where you want it to be really personalized like the apple watch or something where they've just tons and tons of different versions but people want to go and actually try them on and see what what suits them but there's also something to be said for a really simplified you have one product and it comes in two colors or something and it, it makes it really simple for people to just get the whole idea and then uh, be able to buy it really really easily so i mean it's worth investing in Whatever you, if you have an online store, for example, just make it really simple for people to, don't make them sign up for an account if they don't have to, all that sort of stuff. Just kind of remove barriers wherever you can. I wonder if any of our listeners have any product launches coming up. I would love to hear from them if they do. Yeah, if you uh, if you have something coming up or if you've, uh, if you've recently launched something and you're, you had, uh, you know, some different ideas as to what we're uh, talking about or you kind of... Um, had a similar sort of experience to, to me or Ashley, you can email us on info at workingoutpodcast.com and uh, maybe we'll read some emails out next week. So do you have any other points? I do. Last couple of points, I think, for apps especially, you'll only really discover the the true bugs once people in the real world are using it. So be ready to work on a on a quick update if there's something seriously wrong and i mean even if it's not a serious problem that you discover listening it's important to listen to the people using it and talking about your product uh, and consider their recommendations so in the first few hours and days if you make a quick update with a small feature that everybody's talking about then it makes it really clear to your customers that you know you're listening to them and and that goes a long way so uh i would once you launch something i wouldn't yeah i would keep your product live i wouldn't just put it out there put it on the app store or put up your website and just leave it out there and and just never update it and never think about it again i mean you need to 
you need to keep it fresh and keep the conversation going around it. So keep the tweets flowing and, and think about like your features for the next version and, and think about the, the issues people are having with it and like the things you're only discovering now because, um, it's, it's only a proper test once it's out in the, out in the, in the real world. So I would definitely keep, uh, keep things fresh and, and keep things, keep updating it and keep people updated on, on what the status is of the, of the product as well. And it's also maybe worth, worthwhile sharing the, sharing the story behind the build and, and the launch of a product. I mean, that's a good way to keep the conversation going. People uh, love stories too. Yeah, I they love, love stories. Yeah. People love kind of, uh, to see behind the scenes and reveal, you know, see how you, how you actually designed it and what went into it and the different directions you took and how you actually built it. I mean, people love seeing that there and they'll definitely, you know, sign up for, for, to, to hear that story. Or if you have it on your, your company blog, especially if they're trying to build something themselves. Um, I think it's great to, to hear other people's stories and experiences. So yeah, if you, if you have, uh, if you're trying to build something and launch something, uh, you should definitely get in touch with us because I think that's what, what people find valuable about this podcast is they kind of identify with the stuff we're talking about and we're, we're launching products and we don't get everything right the first time when we're learning from our, from our experiences. So I think it's, um, I think that's why it's worthwhile to share the, the story behind something. I think so too. Okay. I think that's, uh, that's about all the stuff I, I had on launching a product. What about you? Gee, no. Well, I did everything wrong, didn't I? So I just <laughs> not at um, all because you've uh, it's been a successful, successful launch and successful. Um, I mean, there's stuff that you're you're going to do differently next time, but uh, I mean, the most important aspect of it all is that you actually launch something and go to out there and I when launch something when compared with so many people uh, that that don't actually. Uh, ship something. I mean, it's, it's something to be proud of that you actually put something out there and people are, people, you see that people actively want this thing. So, I mean, that's really a, that should be such a confidence booster. Yeah. I just feel so excited right now about life. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I do. <laughs> okay. So you've been listening to working out podcast and you can like we said we, we'd love to hear from you if you've just launched something or are launching something that's at info at workingoutpodcast.com and we're on twitter too at working out show so get in touch okay sounds good okay see you next time all right bye bye